evening, everyone, and welcome to this, the Legion of Myth Weekly Live Stream. I'm your first host, Alex Garthon Marsh. With you, as always, is Brett Heathen Dog Grissomar. Hello, everyone. How are you doing? We, we hope you, we find you well tonight. It's a beautiful, beautiful summer evening. At least we hope it's beautiful where you are. And if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, this beautiful winter evening. That's true. See, but we're global. That's that's right. I forgot. We're nationwide. Okay, well then, whatever time zone you're in, whatever weather you're having, I hope it's not affecting you negatively. That's right. And you can see that on the new slide we have pictures, not of us, but of of our our logos. Our logos. Yeah, see, I got my shirt. Boom. Even Dogma, baby. What shirt? Oh, I have a Hawaiian shirt showing all the uh, Disney Club resorts. Not getting paid. No, you're not getting paid for that. Take that shirt off. After the stuff I say about Marvel later in the comic full, you'll know why I don't get paid. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Uh, don't, don't tell me it's X-Men Gold, is it? No, no. Okay, X-Men good. Gold right. was okay this week. I'm not reviewing right, okay. it, right. but it was okay. All right. All right, good, good. All right, but we have segments. We're going to have Heathen Dogs, Heathen Dog with anime on the stream, and mm-hmm. Garthon's comic poll. I'm going to talk about Superman, The Avengers, and more. I don't know why I like putting and more. I don't know, because you already just spoiled it was Marvel. Well, it is. But I only talk about three books. I could just write down the third title. But I like to keep an air of mystery, I suppose. I suppose, yeah. You know? I got, air you. Of mystery. I got you. It's like when you're on the third date and you bought an expensive dinner. You know what's happening, but there's an air of mystery. <laughs> All right. Uh, now let's talk about our disclaimer when we talk about errors of mystery. Yeah, speaking of. Uh, the opinions expressed this episode are solely the opinions of the individual host or commentator and are not representative of the entire Legion of Myth organization. While we make an effort to provide a family-friendly atmosphere, there may be the occasional use of foul or even offensive language. But hopefully not. But thank no. you for your understanding and continued viewership. Let's all be adults about this, people. Even if you're not an adult, practice. A lot of people yes. could use that practice. Exactly. You will be an adult someday. Well, well fingers crossed. <laughs> if <laughs> yeah. the fates allow. So, yeah. so start working on it. Um, as always, you could like, subscribe, or comment upon Legion of Myth and our content at Twitch, on YouTube, on Reddit. Just look up Legion of Myth in all these places. Facebook. Go to Facebook. There's a search thing. Type in Legion of Myth. You'll see us. You can uh-huh. Twitter us, at Legion of Myth. Many people do. Uh, Discord. You can jump on our Discord. We'll talk with you if we're there. We're not there all the time. Uh, oddly enough, morning is usually good for us. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, really messenger. Is. You can message us. I don't know why it's on there. Have you ever messengered, Heathen Dog? I have not. I have not messengered anything. I mean, I haven't even checked that, to be honest. Yeah, nor have I. Uh, okay. But you can also check out the audio version of this on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Google Play Music, or whatever aggregator carries fine content such as this. I have checked this out on SoundCloud. What do I use? Overcast. Okay. It's an okay program. All right. I like it. It works well for me. Anyway, as always, you could uh, check out our Twitch streams at twitch.tv slash Myth. Patreon subscriptions, if you're so inclined, at patreon.com slash Myth. Streamlabs donations, you can check this out. Just go to Streamlabs, look at Legion of Myth. PayPal direct donations, we like that too, or LOM gear at shop.spreadshirt.com. Here you can see a lovely assortment of shirts we offer. Kind of early hit you up with that, but you know what, kids? I, we were asked, so there it is. Get a bright yellow Garthon shirt, or get yes, an awesome gray Heathen Dog shirt. Yeah, well, I do not recommend getting the black or charcoal Heathen Dog shirt because my my, uh, my logo kind of kind of bleeds off into the into the darkness. As a matter of fact, uh, honey, 
much like your life. My life does not bleed off into the darkness. It, yet. it, it, it shines like a, like a bright supernova, beautifully and yet brief. <laughs> Enough about your love life. See, here is the, here's the female one. Come on. Hello, female okay, one. Hello, female one. Show Hello. Go up a little bit so they can see. Yeah, see, it kind of kind of bleeds off on the top and bottom. Still looks good. Yeah, well, you know, it's part of the girl wearing it. It's but, part of the yeah. model. All right, I'll accept it. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I recommend lighter colors for mine. And for yours, I do recommend the yellow. That thing pops. We're working on the Thank placement. You. I don't like the giant logo in the belly like you're, uh, like you're a Care Bear. Hey, hey, you know what? If 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 it uh, actually shoots out some kind of beam thingy, I'm cool with it. I'm working on that. <laughs> okay. I haven't perfected the technology yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that aside, lots of exciting things happening, and we will talk about some of them. But first, it's Heathen Dogma. Yes, thank you very much. And, and anime on the stream. Boom. Today we have uh, two anime, uh, one of them on Netflix, one of them on Hulu. One of them is a movie, and the other is a series. So, yay, we've got, we've got it all covered today. Uh, the first one we're looking at is Expelled from Paradise. This one is your movie. Uh -huh. All right, this one. Also on Netflix, but we're going to get to that in a minute. That is now, an the, interesting mecha. It is. It is. Uh, it's it's a transformer. But instead of transforming into something useful like a plane or a, or a car, it transforms from a ball. Balls are useful? If you want to play a game or... It's a big ball that you can't move around on your own, so I guess it's more of a sculpture, maybe? Well, I, I guess know. that protection-wise, that's a pretty efficient form, so you, it's very hard to bear force against it. and it Exactly, really yeah. Itself. The whole egg idea, where, you know, yeah. you have... Yeah, any forces distributed along, whatever. It's all scientific. But anyway, uh, uh, we're going to get to the particulars of this right now. Uh, this was directed by C.G. Mitsushima. Screenplay is, see, I want to say Jen, but it's probably Gen. Probably. Uh, Urobuchi. Music by Narasaki. Studio is Toy Animation and Graphinica. Distributed by T-Joy. The release date was November 15th, 2014. It runs for 104 minutes, and you can watch it on Netflix. Now, should to... you? That's the question. I would. You did. I did. I would, <laughs> and I did, and I will again, most likely, because it's pretty good, oh. pretty good anime. But we're going to get to that in a minute. Now, uh, it starts off with our main character, Angela. I like the All cut right? of her jib. Yes, yes. Uh, now, I b b before anyone says anything, oh god, the anime is, is so is so uh, horrible with the with the female anatomy, and it's it's so she. Uh, what the, one of the things I liked about about this anime is that she was not sexualized. All right, now it seems like she is, but there was absolutely no sexual situation or sexual innuendo in this thing. No at egregious all. fan service. Yeah, yeah, this this was just fan service to get people to get get uh, get Japanese people to buy it. I mean, this this is <laughs> this is like a given now. It has to do this. It, it's basically the anime form of clickbait. The uh, the comments of the. Are those the individual host or commentators or not reflect the whole? But it's about the nation of Japan or not from the whole nation of the organization? No, just me, baby. No, uh, what it is is uh, uh, the, in, in the entire movie, there was no sexual situations. There was no sexualization of the main character or any character for that matter. I mean, uh, it, it just wasn't discussed and, and uh, sexuality was not a thing. The reason being was because this is some distant future. This is some post-apocalyptic future. And humankind knew that the end was coming. All right. So so some of them built this orbital station and put uh, 
like uncounted number of petabytes of, of storage and unseemly computing power to upload the human consciousness into this satellite. And there are tens of thousands of, of people living this way on this satellite called Deva. Just as disembodied consciousnesses. Just as disembodied consciousness, but the, 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 they have such computing power that they can create virtual environments for them to exist in, to interact with each other, to, to simulate any environment they want. It's pretty cool. It's a cool gig if if your if your planet's all gone all bust. Yeah, if you got nothing else, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, and plus you live forever, right? So, yeah, you know, good stuff. Now, uh, the the premise of this is that she is a uh, is a security enforcement officer. So, uh, if there if people are trying to hack in to to other parts of the system, you know, because the the they really only took the cream of the crop, right, of, of human beings to oh, to come yeah. up into this thing who wanted to come. And so some of these guys are pretty smart and pretty tech savvy. So they can actually hack into maybe other people's virtual environment and screw with them or do other stuff like that. So she's uh, she's uh, security security officer third class or something like that. And this is her job to to protect against these intrusions. But in the in the beginning, uh, we see an intrusion and we see her try and uh, take care of it. And I believe that is uh, our first clip. Let us watch. People are like de-resing. Oh yeah, this is what happens when the hack starts. Yeah. Frontier Setter, come to bring everyone advancement. Mm -hmm. In this virtual dimension. Well. Yes. Now, uh, the, his whole pitch is, "Hey guys, if you're not if you're not comfortable there, if you're if you're on the if if you're uh, you know not not happy, I got another way." another way now all of it he's hacked like 187 times to to bring this message and no one has answered him yet but he's still trying so he's got a cause he's, he's got a cause and he's not hurting anyone doing it you know people were de-resing but it was just it was just a visual thing it wasn't actual damage or anything like that but uh um the the uh, system overlords or you know the if we go to the next slide we see the the, the deva admins there they, they take the avatars of old gods and stuff that makes sense yeah, they, they order Angela, since Angela almost caught him that last time that we just saw when, when she actually delved into the, you know, quote-unquote matrix to try and get him. Almost got him. But uh, just missed him. So they're like, okay, you are, you are I'm going to tap you first to go to Earth, find this guy. Because the one thing we were able to do is figure out that this hack is coming from Earth. Which was destroyed. So, no, well, no, post-apocalyptic, not destroyed. Oh, okay. There are people living on it, just like Mad Max, man. There are people living there. There's just not happy. The trogs are still down there. Yes, yes. It's it, there's there's lots of, of, of uh, bad folk down there, and uh, bad monsters too. But we're gonna get to that in a minute. But uh, so they, they they tapped her to go down there. They they grew they grew her a body. They shot her down in a landing pod, and they set her up with a uh, uh, an observer, uh, kind of like an uh, an assistant which is our, our next guy. His, his name is Dingo. That's right. He is, he lives on earth. He's been there all his life, but uh, when, whenever, whenever the Deva's populace needs something done on earth or some information gathered from earth, they, they tap uh, agents who decide, you know, who live on earth and they pay them. And usually in, uh, in satellite derived resources like uh, oil or precious metal or whatever, you know, they figure, okay, it's here. It's 200 meters down. And it's about, you know, a cubic ton of gold. I'm like, okay, cool. He can sell that information and 
make a make a pretty profit. You know, it's great. Sounds good. Yeah. So uh, so uh, Angela teams up with him to to try and find Frontier Setter and pretty much end it because you know he's dangerous to Deva because he's hacked our systems and and we've increased our system our security so many times and he still gets in. So we got to well, find him. Pretty and, talented. Yeah, he's obviously pretty talented. So we got to find him and like stop this nonsense from happening. Well, part of her gear coming down was a giant mech suit. Uh, it's it's called the Arhan. Now it means something. It's a it's a uh, it's an acronym for something. But darn if I don't know what that acronym means. But this this thing is pretty bad. I mean, it is it is it is some serious stuff. And that's our clip number two. We'll see this thing in action. All right, let us view. Rawr. Oh, doesn't want to waste bullets on such low class creatures. Yeah, I know. Just smashing them. She, she, she has a little bit of a privilege issue in the beginning, but you know, she feels she is privileged because well, she, she has been. Uh, yeah, she lives an immortal existence, uh, high above the sky and heavens, you know, so, you know, in paradise. So, uh, yeah, in, in paradise. So, yeah, she feels like she's entitled to be that way. But uh, this 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 thing is pretty is pretty bad. It's a uh, it's hyper tech, and they don't have anything, anything like that down here. I mean, uh, ah. uh, they have they, they still have gasoline powered. You know, I, I think they're hybrid, but still they, they still use fossil fuels down here and stuff like that. But they're they're not worried about anything going uh, running out because there's so few people left that what, what all the fossil fuels that remain will last them basically forever. All right, so that's not a problem. Now the the whole. Uh, uh, the uh, the whole storyline goes from there, where where she she learns about the the planet, you know how it really is to live there, and he learns a little bit more about about Deva and how that works, and they, they come to an understanding about what's what. They finally meet uh, Frontier Setter, figure out his whole thing. I'm not going to ruin it to tell you exactly who he is and 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 what his real agenda is because it's it's fun it's fun to find stuff like that out. Yeah. But, uh, if we we move to our last slide, I see I gave it three and a half stars. Uh, the, the the plot was solid. It was serviceable. But it didn't have any turns. It didn't have any twists. It didn't have any surprises, which is fine, I suppose, if you want, if you wanted, if you wanted a two and a half star, you know, uh, review. I mean, the only thing that, the only thing that brought it up from there, uh, from, from that giant hit from the plot was that uh, they did, they did not sexualize the main character at all. I mean, uh, her being, her being a little kid, a little, like little kid ish, you know, like like a like mid teenager right. looking right. is explained. Well, they just grew her body. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, they, they grew her body, but uh, her body to grow to her, her full maturity would have taken 23 hours. She wanted to get a jump on anyone else who was going to go down there because she figured this is really important. The, the, the system admins are probably going to tap other people to do this too. So she cut short her, her body's maturation period so she can get a jump start. That's right. why she's she's younger. So they explain that away. Like, okay, good. You know, they that's another step in in, in our non-sexualizing her, which was great. I loved it, and uh, so that 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 really impressed me because usually, you know, when a girl's in an outfit like that, they get some corny sexual situation where where the the, the guy trips on a rock yeah, and falls, falls on her. Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing like that happened here. Absolutely good. nothing. This was this was all above board. I really enjoyed that. That really elevated it for me. What brought it down was that the that the story was very by the numbers boom hit this hit this plot point hit that plot point there was no wiggle room there was no variation there, there was no uh to say dancing around the music you know there, there was none of that 
you know, which which I, I like to see, which indicates excellent writing. That didn't happen. The writing here was just serviceable. Right. Uh, the animation was excellent. Uh, all of the all of the fight scenes were solid. They were they were steady. They were well choreographed. Uh, that that also elevated it for me, which was which was really great because there there was a lot of fight scene right in the beginning and then right at the end there there was a major major combat between multiple multiple enemies and just you know one or one or two good guys. So it was it was really great. It was really well done. I liked it. Uh, overall, like I said, three and a half stars because uh, um, it really surprised me with the with the with the non-sexual nature of, of everything, and and it a little bit disappointed me with the you know with the very very straightforward plot. But other than that, it's a, it's a really good good go watch. I mean, I, I had fun watching. It's 104 minutes. It's not that long. You're you're never gonna regret that time. And you're you're gonna you're gonna say that uh, you'll recommend it to somebody else. Sounds good. good stuff. Yeah. Now our next one is on is on Hulu, and it is a series, and it is Majestic Prince. And Sounds majestic. It is it is very majestic. Now I can't explain the title to you because it would ruin the end of the plot. So I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go right into the particulars. It's about a boy band who gains mecha. There you go. That's it. It's it's <laughs> it's like a really bad subplot of Robotech. All right, uh, directed oh by. Oh my gosh, it's like Robotech meets the like early two thousands. Like Gem and the Holograms. Oh, I think we're like Backstreet Boys. <laughs> oh no! Instead no, of no, Min May, you get like the Backstreet Boys or something. Oh stop! No, that's awful. Min we May have to stop these Intradi. All right, boys, let's sing it. <laughs> Backstreet's back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, 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 no. Oh, terrible. Directed by uh, uh, Kitaro Motonaga, written by Riko Yoshida, music by Toshiyuku Watanabe. Uh, studio is Dogokobo and Oren. Watanabe? Wat Watanabe, you're absolutely right. Thank you very much. Not, not sure. Uh, licensed by Hanabi and Sentai Filmworks. Original networks were Tokyo MX, TBK, KBS, and literally 24 others. So I didn't write them all down. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if, if your station or network is offended. Literally not enough room. Sorry, man. The original run was April 4th, 2013 to September 19th, 2013, excuse me. And it's also, you know, it's on Hulu. And there were 24 total episodes. Now, this again is set in the future. Obviously, there's there's Mac, so it's going to be futuristic. We're, we're already on, on board with that page. So uh, what, what this one is, uh, this one isn't so far in the future where the apocalypse has happened. This is more like a golden age of humanity type thing. All right. All right. You know, the humanity is there. Nobody's warring against each other. Uh, technology has made life easier. Everyone's so happy. So much so that that space, the, the space program has gotten a lot of attention because there's nothing else to throw attention at or money. So uh, the uh, um, there was a program to create uh, genetically, slightly genetically altered human beings who survive better in space so we can go and flourish and colonize the, the stars. And that sounded great. So they, they started doing it. So they, that's they, when you encounter the aliens. Oh, yes, exactly right. This program started and then aliens come in. But we're going to get to that. We're, we're going to we're going to talk about the, the main characters who uh, who were were genetically altered specifically for space travel, but were dragooned because of necessity into the space army program. And starting from left to right, it goes Ataru Suruga. Uh, Toshikazu Asagi, Izuru Hitachi, Kei uh, Kugamiya, and uh, Tamaki Iri. 
That's that's these five guys. Now, um, all of them have 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 been given a a mech. Now, it's really funny because in the beginning of, of the series, the way they're actually training, training in, in combat in, in mech combat in uh, you know slightly crappier trainer mechs, and all of them individually have excellent uh, skills. You know, the, of, of their their own specialty, they're really good at it. just working together. They suck. So in, in training, they were actually called the uh, fail team or fail five because they, they never won anything because they couldn't work together. But for some reason, uh, they, they were together as a team. They were they kept them together as a team and they, they, they were chosen to take the the uh, the first run fully functional mechs out on a real mission, which is our next slide. These are the, the first run mechs. Now, uh, the first mech. Uh, AHSMB-5. The AHSMB is Advanced High Standard Multi-Purpose Battle Device. All right. Now, Red Red Five is uh, is the leader's ship. He is a, he's a forward to, to mid-range uh, fighter because he has to keep his eye on the entire the entire board. You know, he has to be in the middle of it so he can keep his eye on everyone else. Uh, the the blue blue one is a complete forward. Uh, he is the the main the main attack. You know, he's basically the, the, the tank. He's the one who take, gets everybody's attention on the battlefield. And then we have Purple 2, which is the, uh, bat, which is the, the backfield, uh, kind of like a strategist. You know, she, she keeps sensor locks on everybody, scans a, uh, all the enemy for uh, predicted movement, stuff like that, to, to keep everybody apprised on what's happening in the battlefield total. And then we have Rose 3, which is a, uh, a booster type. It's, it's, an, it's basically a harasser unit. I mean, this thing's super fast. It's loaded with, with short-range missiles. What it does is it, it jumps in the middle of the enemy formation, fires off all its missiles, and runs out, completely screwing the enemy formation, completely breaking them up, and making Red 5 and Blue 1 uh, a much easier job of cleaning up this, this, uh, this uh, completely out-of-formation enemy group. And then we have Gold 4. He is a long- to mid-range support. He's a, he's a gunner. He's a sniper. You know, if you're in a trouble, he'll 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 knock a guy off your shoulder. He's that good. All right. So All right. the so this this and they're is the team, team rabbits. They're team rabbits. That's exactly what they were called, team rabbits. Now, uh, um, there there's a joke uh, when when they when they finally are thrown thrown into their first mission. They're like, wait a minute, we have we haven't really trained in the real units. Are did they name us team rabbits because they knew we were going to be the the sacrificial ones here i mean is this what's happening so they actually hung a lantern on that their whole team rabbit name all right uh, when, yeah when it went on in there now uh the 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 woman who trained them is uh rin uh suzukazi and you see her right here she she was the head instructor at the academy and when when the team fail was promoted to actual combat duty she went up as as their uh, uh commanding officer their their their, their staff officer and she, uh, she she's in charge of the maintenance of the units the the command of the units uh, and the, the the ship that the units are housed in so she's she's a, a legit you know uh, fleet captain all right all right now the the head of the of the MJP project and MJP is uh, 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 majestic Oh, crap. No, no, no. Oh. I'm, I'm crapping out. But the, the, the MJP program was, was the program to create humans that were 
that were more suited to living and working in space. And then, of course, everyone there was was dragooned into the war effort when the aliens came. And then the the head the head of this of this program for the the entirety of the whole thing was this guy, Ms. Uh, uh, Suganashi. That's not Suganashi. That is supposed to be Simon. I don't know why it says one of size, but it's supposed to be Simon. Where is it? Simon Gatto. That's his name. The guy with the visor. The the visor that you think no one could possibly see through, because well, that is not a see through visor. That is a piece of metal bolted to this dude's face. Well, yeah, but those little dots are cameras. Oh, there you go. That might be it. I don't know, but yeah. I mean, uh, the, throughout the entire thing, it does not explain why he why he has that and not actual visor. It's just metal, man. But anyway, yeah, he apparently sees through it. Now, what I liked about about this anime, the way they did this guy, is usually in the anime, the head guy in charge, for some reason, the last 10 years, they've always made it to where you really don't know if he's a good guy or bad guy. For some reason, they really don't. They like to eat that suspense if you don't know what side yeah, he's on. Yeah. But early on, I like it that it's, 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 uh, it's known that, no, he's hard. You know, he, he's a hard man. I mean, he, he, because he's in charge of making choices that send kids to die, but it's necessary. There literally is no other choice. So he goes all in, you know, if, if I gotta, if I gotta send kids to die, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to do it often. So we win. So the human race wins. He's not a bad guy. He's on your side. It's just that if you die to save earth, he will not bat his non-existent eyelashes. To, to try and save you. He'll save Earth every single time. All right. Makes sense. He's a pragmatist. Okay. Yes, exactly. Now, uh, we're, we're going to go to our first clip. I actually skipped it a little bit. Of the of, of mechs in action. Ah. All right. Get off. They are in a mech. Run away. Fight. Run yes. Away. Now, Fight. Uh, af after this clip, I'm, I'm going to explain the, 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 special, uh, the special system they have, they have uh, on these mechs, which really touched all my buttons. Like a fight or flight system? It's it's very it's very similar. Yeah, they're shooting a lot of dudes. Yes, and he is suddenly a he's suddenly an ace in this thing. Remember, this is literally the first time he's piled this thing in combat. Right, right. He, and he can do all that. The reason being is because it it is uh, it is fitted with what they call a Jiraiya system. All right, now what this is is you take the pilot's DNA, program it into the pilot assist computer. And it will not only react like you would, it will augment your reactions because the computer can can take in data and process it faster than you can. So it'll actually move you the way the way it knows you're going to move anyway. So it kind of acts like part of your nervous system. Exactly, acts like part of your nervous system. Now, there's good there's good parts and bad parts of this. And what what really got me is that th this system is like a blending of two of my other favorite animes. Uh, Gundam Wing with the Zero system, and Neo, uh, Neo Neon Genesis Evangelion with the um, with the synchronization system. All right. Now in, uh, in in Gundam Wing, if if you let the system take too much control, everyone looks like a target. Friend and foe is gone. It's just you against the world. It turns you into a hammer, and to a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So during battle. If you let the system take control too much, you'll start shooting your friends because you will believe truly in your mind that they're just more enemies. And in Evangelion, if you synchronize too much 
with the with the mech you start losing yourself you actually you actually have the possibility of your body disintegrating and your mind merging merging with the mech now it takes aspects from both of these and puts them into one which i really love now the what this is is uh if you if you let it take too much control now it, uh your, your, your fight or flight instinct will be amplified to a point where it is absurd. You will fight until death or you will run until you run out of fuel and nothing will stop you because you are completely controlled by this thing. Now, yeah, you have to, you have to uh, rely on it, but not as a crutch. You have to let it wash over you, but not so much over your head to get the full effect. It sounds like a neat system for an anime, but one that would never actually be implemented in real life. No, no, way too much danger in real life. But if the world is being threatened by aliens from space that have drastically better technology than you, yeah, uh, maybe you'd go for it. Yeah, may, maybe maybe you'd hit the go button on that one. Now, speaking of these aliens, let's uh, let's t take a look at them. These these are their mechs, all right, which are a lot more streamlined, a lot more bulky. Uh, they look like crabs. They look, they look a little like crabs, you're right, you're right, but they have a lot more armor and are really, really resistant to all conventional weaponry, and we see that in our second clip. Oh, kaboom! Kapow! Those guys look uh, pretty nasty. And see, the, the, the aliens are taking direct hits, and yes. nothing is happening to them. And then there's... They don't seem to use a lot of range weapons. It seems like to tear things apart with their bare hands. Well, yeah, they have they have different different types. Oh, they do you have know, range the, weapons. They just like to tear things apart. Yeah, yeah, they, they do have range weapons, but the, you know they like to for the hands-on like approach. You know, yeah, they do show they really yeah. care about their work. Exactly, exactly. You know, make their mark, so to speak. Absolutely. But yes, there there's about a little under ten thousand troops of aliens, but twenty four thousand human troops. But it's such a technological mismatch that excuse me, the human commanders feel like, well, we're not going to win. Much like when the British went into Africa. Okay. Shaka Zulu. Mm. It's history, man. I understand. Uh, my, my my father loved uh, loved the movie Zulu Dawn. That was a good movie. Yeah, he loved it to death. But mostly because he was a bigoted idiot and he liked <laughs> watching watching people of color die. Well, that's uh not why I would like the film. No, that's that's not the way I like it either. He's dead now, and we can all we can all breathe a little better. But. Uh, Yes, yeah, so this has uh, been so, Heathen Dogs Therapy Minute. <laughs> the Heathen Dogs Therapy Session. That's right. So, uh, what, uh, what what we can look at here is that the human race is is looking at an extinction level event with these aliens. They don't know what they want. The aliens will not respond to any kind of any kind of contact. They figure, well, they're so alien, they don't understand where we're talking to them, or they think that we're egging them on, or or they're so alien, their motives are unknowable. Yeah, yeah, completely unknowable. And if that's the case, then there's no stopping them except killing them. They might be thinking, we save this planet by killing the by killing all these meat things and let the crabs evolve. Exactly right, and th that could very well be it, as far as the humans know. So there's no there's no choice. We got to fight. We got to fight better than this because our conventional stuff is not working. So they put all the all their money in, into these into these brand new mechs, and they perform spectacularly right out of the gate. Which is great. Now, of course, there are trials and tribulations and stuff like that. Well, yeah, twenty-four yeah. episodes to fill. Exactly. Yeah, twenty-four episodes. Come on, man. But uh, we're gonna go to our last slide, and I gave this thing four and a half stars, Ooh, which, which is which is my my top honor at this point. And the reason being is because uh, number one, I, again, 
Uh, no, nobody was was sexualized in any way. Uh, all of the adults, it, it was not an Ender's Game thing. Okay, all of the adults would put all the children at risk because it was necessary, but they would also really, really not only be hurt by that fact, but help as much as possible. You know, so so you didn't feel like the kids were being thrown out in the deep end of the pool, and you, hey, buddy, sink or swim. You know, have at it. No, 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 no. They were, they had help, they had assistance, all they needed throughout the way, all the all of the uh, mental and physical support they needed throughout the entire journey. And this plot was not straight. It was not a straight line like Expelled from Paradise. It had some twists. It had some turns. You know, I mean, uh, halfway through, you figure out what 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 the what the Walgru actually are, what they want, you know, what they are to the human race, why they're here, and then uh, exactly how were these kids genetically engineered. Uh oh, there's a twist there, you know. So it, it, you know, they, they weren't like out of left field twists, but they were nice, you know. They're like a, a little jog in the story, little, little, little left and right action to bring to bring more ideas to yeah, the main plot. Once, once you start saying these people are genetically engineered, you gotta think, well, there's gonna be something weird about that. Yeah, exactly. You think there's gonna be something weird about that, and and you're right. It's a little weird, but not not too bad. Where you think, dude, really? Not they're part alien or anything. Yeah, yeah, they're not part earthworm or something. Like, oh, really? Come on, no, nothing like that. You know, it's it's, it's not it's not goofy. They can it's, like oxygen I said, through their skin. Yeah, there you go. It, they, yeah, they they veer a little bit off, but when they come back, they they, they bring back a better story, which I really liked. And the the action again, just like Expel from Paradise, it was top notch. It was excellent. I mean. A lot of times when you have really, really fast-paced action, sooner or later, somebody gets the dumb idea to to create blur motion effects in their animation, which yeah. is stupid. Yeah, it just makes it just hard to watch. ruins everything every time. Luckily, everyone decided to stay away from that with this, which I really liked. That was good. Very good. Uh, all of the all of the children, they, they were written well. They were written as young. They were written as naive but they were written as intelligent and resourceful or else they would not have been chosen. That's good. So that should all, be all, all of their, all of their dialogue and writing makes sense. All of the adults dialogue and writing makes sense. None, none of it is out of left field. None of it is stupid. You know, it, they, they really flesh out pretty much everybody, even, even the, the uh, five pit crews for, for each of each of the five mechs. They have their own personality types, and you know, they're they're those are are the stereotypes, the, the the stereotypical characters. But it's okay because they're supposed to be. You know, you only see them every couple of times for comedy relief. You know, like uh, uh, gold gold fives or gold sorry gold fours pit crew. Uh, they're all like muscle bound jocks who 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 want to want to get their, their their pilot to do a hundred push ups and hundred sit ups every day to, <laughs> to to make him fly better. And then uh, uh, Rose Three's pit crew. They're 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 like anime fangirls, but but they don't like girls in real life, and, and of course she happens to be a girl, so they, so they don't get along right off the bat because she's a real girl and they don't like real girls, you know stuff like that. So it's 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 funny. It's it's uh, it's not over the top because these are not main characters. It's just enough comic relief where you can go <laughs> that was cute, but then they're gone, and then 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 they come back an episode or two later like oh I remember those guys. Those guys were funny. You know, so it's really well put together. The story was really well written. It was really well paced. Uh, I really can't think of anything super wrong with it as a whole. Like I said, getting a five star out of a series is all but impossible. Because yeah, you've you have said that many times. Yes, 24 episodes to make a mistake. And uh, I think I, I got through three quarters of this without, without seeing anything. That's really good. This is high praise for the series. 
and you have frozen in a very embarrassing manner. I like that. We should keep that up there. I'm going to blank that out because you're looking a little odd. All right, well, we'll miss Heathen Dog. Not sure what happened to him and his internet connection, but let's just have a moment of silence. All right, good moment. Let's move on to something we all care about. Other than Heathen Dog, we all care about Heathen Dog. If you wanted more Heathen Dog, one can only hope he returns. Uh, always make sure you could check out Heathen Dog on the YouTubes. Uh, at you can check out more Heathen Dog with his anime and RPG segments, his team ups with I Garthon on Star Trek Online. You can look yes. at past streams he has done. Are you back? You are. I, back. I was here the whole time. No, you had frozen out. Oh, I did. Oh, yeah. Okay, sorry. You were frozen in a position like this. Am I moving now? You are moving now. You are back. Okay, good. Well, uh, I must have had an internet hiccup because the stream actually is not good, doing well for me. Yes, but. As always, you can check out his past streams of Star Trek Online, where he was Buck Fats McCool, saving right. the galaxy from evil, aliens, and indecency. Well, decency. Well, decency, right, yes. yeah. Uh, currently, he, Heathen Dog is streaming Monday and Friday at 12 noon Central Standard. Uh, he's streaming StarCraft 2. I was. You was? I ended it. Ended it on the, my last, yes, uh, my, my last episode was Thursday. I went through the entire storyline, and uh, starting... On Monday, Monday at noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern, I will be I will be streaming Darkest Dungeon. I thought you were going to be doing all the expansions as well. Yeah, there there wasn't enough enough. Hey, Heathen Dog, we love we love the StarCraft. It was like Heathen Dog. Yay. All right, then it's we're okay. switching that. Yes, exactly. To Darkest so Dungeon. Darkest Dungeon. If that's you could right. find a darker dungeon, he dares you. Oh yes, no, th this game is bananas. I'm telling you. It is, uh, it, is, it is made to kick your butt. It actually has a disclaimer when you start the game. It said, listen, man, we are not screwing around with you. We called this thing Darkest Dungeon, and we're not messing around. It is the Darkest Dungeon. You're going to die. Get over it. it. We have the option for naming your characters. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't get attached Don't, to them. Don't get attached They're to like them. They're like sea monkeys. Don't get attached. Yes. yes, you will have to use them up and throw them away like tissue paper. That's how it works. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yes. Uh, all right. And as always, it does stream at noon, but it also gets put up on Facebook. So you can consume it not at noon. Just saying. Yes. You yes. have that option. That's right. All right. Well, thank you very much, Heathen Dog. You are welcome. And we will move on to Garthon's comic pull. Where yeah. we're big. We're bold and we pull comics. All right. First, we're going to talk about U.S. Avengers number eight, written by Al Ewing. Uh, pencils by Paco Medina also did the cover. Very nice cover. Um, sure. This issue mainly deals with a lot of backstory for Tony Ho, who is the Iron Patriot, who is a hyper-inventive genius in the vein of Tony Stark. She's young. She's Asian. She has purple hair. Uh, so it's... They haven't done a lot of background on her. She just kind of showed up and with uh, Sunspot saying, hey, she's going to be great. We need her on the team, and she's a genius and stuff. And I, I didn't see much background from her. Maybe there's more to a different comic, but I hadn't seen one. Um, so this actually goes really nicely into her background as she's trying to figure out while she's in the Hydra prison cell with Sunspot, who has been shot in the head. And poisoned, right? Uh, well, yeah, he was shot in the head with a poison biologically right. designed to kill him. Right. And by he has to stay Hydra Sunspot. Cap. He has to stay active. He has power active to stay alive, but the more his power is active, then 
the quicker he dies? Right. He has the well. He's dying because he has mpox, which is a disease caused by the Terrigen mists that cause in humans. The Terrigen mists sure. are poison to mutants. Um, it actually causes like a genetic disease which kills you. And then we're using power, right? Huh? That's new. It didn't used to be that way, right? Um, they've hinted at it in the past. Hmm. Um, but a few years ago, it became a real thing, and it. A lot of people think it's a meta story for how Marvel was killing off their mutant comic lines and everything in okay. favor of the Inhumans. Anyway, but whether or not that's true, it's true. Uh, it's up for debate. <laughs> totally true. The mainly because they were, you know, the rumors that they were completely mad at Sony because Sony kept making not great X-Men films. They weren't, and kind of tanking all the Marvel properties they had. Whether probably not on purpose, they were purposely making bad movies. Well, I don't know. That, that, that last Fantastic Four seemed to be purposefully bad. You know what? I don't think it was because oh. you couldn't make something that bad on purpose. I don't know. Baldahar likes my shirt. Thank you, Baldahar. See. But you should like Heathen Dog shirt. Yes. Because it's a Heathen Dog shirt. That's right. The Heathen Dogma, baby. Right there. <laughs> uh, but the. Uh, but in the series. Like I said, going back to this, I like that it gives a nice background story and a kind of like a who is Tony Ho, why is she the Iron Patriot, what is she doing. Uh, like I said, Sunspot got shot in the head, and his powers are kind of activating. He's out of it. He's delirious. His powers okay. are active to keep him alive. Like right. he's un- subconsciously, his body's keeping himself alive, but he's overloading himself. He's burning up. He's dying. So it actually goes... And you see Tony sitting there like, okay, I'm locked in a cell in a hydro prison. I have no resources, and I'm with my boss who is dying, and I got to save him. I have nothing. What can I do? And then it goes to her like thinking about her father. If you look in the scene of this image, it is Tony Stark with some dude like holding him up. That is her father. Her father was the guy who in the original comic was stuck in the prison in Vietnam, like I said, in the original comic, not the movie, sure. um, with Tony Stark. Oh, okay. And that he's the one who sacrificed, who helped Tony uh, rebuild his heart. He's the one who helped build the, the original Iron Man armor. Mark he's one. the one that when they needed a few seconds more to get the armor active, he went, no, no, hey guys, I'm going to, and you know, he distracted them and got shot. Um, and it starts out with her being in high, Tony Ho being in high school, because this is kind of, you know, they kind of like jigger the timelines a lot. That now this happened in like Afghanistan or something. Yeah, yeah. And. You had to make it current, I understand. Yeah, you can't say, when this happened in Vietnam, when I was a high schooler in Vietnam. Eh. Uh, you're an old man now. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, you get a background of her, like she when she was in school and found out this happened, you know, trying to deal with that trauma. And how she promised that she would be better than her father. She wouldn't go get killed. Like they knew. Like because basically Tony Stark told them. There's actually she actually has a piece of a press conference, where they're like, "Who is this Iron Iron Man?" He's like, "That doesn't matter. He's not the hero who saved me. The hero who saved me was ah, I forget his name. Basically Tony Ho's father. He's the hero. He's the one everyone should be remembering and talking about. Not this Iron Man, right? And I was like, and that was neat. Because he and he, he you, know, you see him saying. I don't even know why he, he he bothered doing that so I could be saved. I mean, who am I? I sell weapons. I mean, I'm not I'm not a good person, right? 
And that kind of shows, you know, like the origin of Tony Stark trying to deal with that and becoming a hero, which is honestly a lot of that's taken from the movie, but it still really works. Mm-hmm. And so she has to go through kind of like she grows up dealing with why did my father sacrifice himself? Like she kind of blames Tony Stark, like originally to her mother says, Tony didn't kill your father. He sacrificed himself. And she just can't understand why. She's like, that's not going to happen to me. I'm going to be better than he was. And that's when she com- completely commits herself into becoming a technological genius. She already had the basic skills, but you see her start really pouring herself into like learning at that stage. Sure. And so she's using that motivation because she realizes I'm in a perilous situation. I'm with someone who has the power to get me out of here. But I, unlike my father, I don't have a table full of scrap parts and resources and hydraulic motors. I got nothing. So let's, she starts going this, through this wonderfully scientific method of, okay, what do I have? How often are the guard shifts? I don't see any cameras. How are they monitoring us? You know, bas- and it's realized how she breaks everything down and starts assembling the minor resources she has and also figuring out, okay, what exactly is going on with Sunspot? He's delirious. Why is he burning up inside? How could I go and relieve his pressures, like what's killing him, enough for him to get, gain lucidity to use his powers to bust us out of here? Blood transfusion. Uh, actually, what she does, what she ends up doing is, uh, it's kind of nice because it builds off, like, in the lesson she's interrupted in at school when she finds out her father dies. They're dealing with mm-hmm. building, she's in an electronics class, they're building circuits, and the teacher's going over how, you can't make a circuit with just a power source and a light bulb. It'll pop. So and that'll blow out your bulbs prematurely. It'll burn up too much energy. So you put a resistor in it. The resistor goes, takes excess power. And then you also just, and she's going over how you build an electronic circuit, starting from the very basic power source, light bulb, resistor. Mm-hmm. Switch. Right. And she goes about, it's like, okay. And she ends up creating essentially from just the pieces she can gather around, stuff that basically will diffuse his powers a little bit to help, like, pull heat out of his body. Basically, she, she give, makes a resistor for his powers sure. so they can't go to overdrive and kill him like they're doing now. So it damps his power center for lucidity. Um, it's just a beautiful scene. of kind of like... It's, it would be a great episode of a TV show. Like, if there was use of a TV show, it's this wonderfully self-contained, mostly story. We're stuck in a prison... I got to help this guy. What do I do? You build the resources. You go through all the stuff. You use your intelligence. And you, you MacGyver this thing. Yeah, she MacGyver's a solution. And um, and then at the end, she gets the device onto Sunspot, and she thinks it's working, but it's going to take time. And that's when the Hydra guards show up. And they're about to, like, they're like, what the hell's going on here? What's that? And they start aiming their weapons at him. It's like, oh, crap. They shoot him now. He could die. Mm. And she's like, damn it. And she finds herself in the same situation her father was. Where she's like, ah, and she ends up distracting the guards. And say, no, no, I'm the one you want to look at. I'm the dangerous one here. I'm a super genius locked in a cell. You don't know what that means. And they're like, what? And she starts talking to them and giving enough time for Sunspot to finally gain lucidity. And the last scene is, oh, by the way, I was just dying for time. You see Sunspot standing up with a big grin on his face, powered up, ready to just speed the snot out of all of them. And so it's a great, great issue. Self-contained story. Gives great background for the character. Gives some pathos for this character, who I thought was kind of cool because she's building Iron Man armors and stuff, but I had no idea why. I had no idea who she was. And so this was great. I'm not a big Tony Stark Iron Man fan, but I liked the tie-in. It worked very well. 
Very well-written story. Al Ewing just, he almost always is so excellent. Uh, he's really one of my favorite writers for Marvel right now. Um, there is a side story dealing with uh, Squirrel Girl and the uh, uh, few others and the European Avengers, essentially. She's calling the EU uh, EUS Avengers. EU Avengers? Mm-hmm. EU Avengers? Something like that. Um, and how Paris has been overtaken by Hydra sure. and how they are fighting back. And that, that's a neat sub-story. Not, not a lot of pages dedicated to it, but it's nice to see what's still going on with the rest of the team. Wait, wait, wait. wait. The, the, the French are fighting back in a resistance or in a full-on revolt? Uh, the French superheroes are fighting back. Oh, okay. Yeah, they so actually complain that so many of the citizens are just going along with it. Because, yes, because hey, that's, what, actually, that's what Frenchies do. Well, it's kind of like the whole extra safety and security stuff. You know, like, hey, Hydra's offering safety and security. You know, sure, they're a dictatorial regime, but everything's, everyone has a job. Everyone's safe. Crime is punished harshly. You know, it's one of those, you know, kind of like Benjamin Franklin says, those who are willing to give up freedom for safety and security deserve neither. Is that how it goes? Something like that. But, you're you're uh, paraphrasing, but you got the point right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's one of those things. Like, they've given up freedom for safety and security, and they're going to lose everything because of it. There are some people fighting back against it, but when the everyone else is... When the people who are fighting back against have hover tanks and laser guns, it's a little... Yeah. A little rough, yeah. A little rough. And they've already I'll taken over all... They've already taken over the USA. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like... Yeah. So, interesting story, side story, which probably next week we'll get more into. Uh, but I really like the folks in this issue, uh, like the contained prison. Everyone likes a good prison breakout story, you know? Sure, sure. And that's what this is. Worked really well. Character was well-written, gave me a lot of empathy and pathos for it. Um, she actually finally got a voice in the series that I understand, because I never really mm-hmm. got where she was coming from a lot of times. And so, really great book. Uh, four and a half out of five. Just loved it. Art was solid, easy to follow. Um, it looks like he's drawing... Paco's been doing the art the whole time. It looks like he's drawing Squirrel Girl a little different now. A little more Bucktooth than he was. Uh, not super fond of it. But overall, great art, great story, easy to follow. Just a great book in all levels. Four and a half out of five. That's cool. almost my highest rating. So. Nice. Next. The Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows number nine. Oh, you, you got a heart out for this one. I don't like Venom. Well, I do and I don't. I don't like tongue wagging Venom. But this is another of my favorite series right now. Yep. Um, written by Jerry Conway and Ryan Stegman. That might be Gary. I think it's Jerry. Not sure. Uh, pencils by Juan Frigi. Uh Last issue. Well, quick plot summary. Takes place in an alternate universe where the horrible, stupid events of One More Day never happened. Spider-Man and Mary Jane were married, had a kid, stayed married, had a kid. Uh, eventually, you know, the kid has spider powers, got him genetically. Mary Jane started doing web shooter exploits with everyone due to a special suit that actually drains Peter's powers to give them to her. Not totally, like they kind of share a power pool, you know? Right. Kind of go back and forth. But the, the, the more she exerts herself, the more she takes from him. Right. Yeah. And she's not nearly as experienced as Peter Parker is, so she can kind of like go overboard and kind of like leave him like almost helpless at times. And so she felt really bad about this. Uh, someone offered her, I won't say who, keep that, someone. well, it's Liz Allen, uh, who is uh, young Nor- Norman Osborn Jr.'s mom, 
who is young Norman Osborn Jr. is the same age as um, Spinner. daughter. Yeah, Peter's daughter. Peter's daughter. Uh, not May. Give her a different name. Anyway, um, it's not important for this review. Actually offered Mary Jane, or didn't know it was Mary Jane, just thought it was, you know, Mrs. Spider-Man. Because everyone knows that Spider-Man and his family are now swinging around because they're called the Amazing Spider family, they're calling themselves. So everyone knows they're a family. And she offered her a new suit that would help boost her powers. It was a human optimization suit. She's like, oh, that sounds great. What do you get out of this? Oh, I just want to help out because you're fighting crime, and that's great. Oh, super. She takes the suit, and it, like, forms all around her and creates a black suit with a white spider on it. And the alarm bells do not immediately ring in her head. Oh, crap, I just put on Venom. Yeah, I mean, one look in the mirror is like, ah, oh, dang it. Yeah, but she actually doesn't look in a mirror. Oh, my God, so stupid. But, yeah, that's kind of like the weak point to me in this the, the, part. Yeah, the writing went off the rail on that one. A little bit. Because yeah. the thing is, in issue one of this, Venom and Eddie Brock die. You actually see them die. Like, a building collapses on them, and Eddie Brock dies as a funeral. I mean, Venom is dead. Well, of course, it's a symbiote. You can't really kill it. There's like a little piece of it left alive. And Liz Allen and Oscorp got a hold of it and were growing it. Ah, yes. Welcome. Good likes. Follow. Thank you. Uh, Anyway, so now that that's happened, uh, she starts find that she's full of pep and energy and vim and vigor, as they say. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, wow, great. Breakfast for everyone. She's like making breakfast, get up early and solving all our problems. And she's like, this is one. I love it. And Bear's like, wow, I don't know what came over you, but it's pretty good. Um, and then while she's, you know, she's like, oh, I'm feeling so tired. She's just going home. And then she like blacks out and wakes up and she's under a bridge in her suit. She's like, whoa, what, what happened? Uh, oh, dang. I guess I passed out. And she go, you know, goes home. What? No, just she goes home like, oh, tra-la-la. Well, you got to think at this point, she doesn't want anyone to know where she got the suit. And also... The suit is in her head, so she's not thinking straight anyway. So it was like that was set up just saw some major alarm bells, but she doesn't know what's going on. And the suit's probably like, no, everything's cool. That happens to people all the time. People pass Wait. out, black out all the time. Does she turn, uh, you know, uh, dark and, and uh, emo and, that and happens, dance, dance to bad music? That happens this issue. She starts turning from, oh, hey, right. it's great. And she starts like... You know, like, her assistant at work, she's like, where's the coffee? Oh, I forgot to order some. Well, maybe if I had some decent help and forget to do basic things like that. Like, what? Oh, sorry, I'm just a little, little stressed. She's not, like, snapping at people. Mm-hmm. And uh, Peter starts saying, where'd you get that suit? That's a, that's very worrisome. Uh, it's a little disturbing seeing that. Looks, that uh, looks just like Venom. Looks like, she's like, oh, no, it's fine. Don't worry. It's great. Uh, yeah. Uh, I noticed no. the last time we were fighting, you weren't draining my powers. Oh, I don't need to anymore. Isn't it great? Uh, well... And so he actually puts a spider tracer on her, starts following her around. Yeah, good, good. And it's one of those, you know, he's like, I feel kind of guilty about following my wife. Nope. And then he sees her, like, stop a basic mugging, and she starts strangling the guy to death. It's like, okay, let's let's pull back, pull back. He's like, wow, I've never been so happy I actually followed my wife. Like, what the hell's going on with you? He then gets a report. At the daily, he goes to his job at the Daily Bugle, and there's a reporter saying, "Hey, J, 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 we just got the story that these guys say they were attacked by like some sort of like black clawed apes or something." He's like, "What? Well, nah, it's not a story." It's like, "It's like, wait, 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 what? It's like some sort of like tar creatures?" They said. He's like, "Tar creatures? Hey, uh, maybe I'll follow up on that story. Yeah, where, where are these guys at? You know, 
goes and he starts talking to him. And they're like, oh, no, the eye. He shows up a Spider-Man. Like, no, the eyes. Like, well, what do you mean the eyes? Just like the tar monster is like, oh, hell. He's like, I so was hoping I was wrong about this. So he immediately chases down Mary Jane. And Mary Jane at this point, the Venom suit has taken over. And starts to get the tongue like, ah, you are my prisoner now. We are Venom. And so he has to confront her. And it turns into, like, they start fighting a little bit. But it turns into the whole, Mary Jane, fight it, you can fight it. It's like, no, there's only Venom now. And Venom starts having an internal conversation with Mary Jane. She's like, no, you know, this isn't right. I'm going to stop you. I thought you were here to help me. And he's like, no, you were part of the family that killed the other half of me. You killed Eddie Brock. Your husband dropped a building on us and killed him. My life is empty. You will pay. You will be my vessel. Just shut up and accept it. You're done. And, of course, it turns into a mental battle. And, you know, it's an interesting couple of, couple of pages. Because uh, Venom starts reacting physically to, like, them mentally fighting. Like, starts, like, punching the air by just stepping back. Like, I'm not used to this, but okay, that's fine. You can do that. Those are fun, some funky dance moves you got there. Yeah. But internally, Mary Jane, you know, fought, mentally shows us a physical fight in, in their heads, mentally. And Mary Jane's going over, like, you don't even know who I am. Do you have any idea what I deal with every day? I've dealt with a husband running out almost dying weekly. And I could do nothing about it I, but sit back and hope. I have to had to deal with a child with superpowers in the womb that I was terrified of what would happen with her. And every time she goes out, I'm terrified. I have to go and hold, support a job, a family, hold everything together. I'm a mother. I'm not dealing with any of your stupid crap. And she's able to overpower mentally the Venom suit. I don't know. It isn't resolved quite at the end if it's I have overpowered this and now I'm getting rid of it or I now control it. No, the, you can't control the Venom. You can't. you got to get rid of it. There is precedent that you can, actually. No, no, no. There, there is precedent that you can come to a compromise with it. But this this iteration of Venom sees the, sees the Parker family as murderers and right. despots and killers. So there's no compromise. Well, it's not really compromise. Right now it's being dominated. But I don't know where right. they're going to go with that. I don't know if it's going to stay that way. Personally, because I would personally prefer it to like go away and yes. like be kept in a sonic you know prison again. Yes, that'd be that'd be awesome. Uh, th- like this has been a great series. I liked that part. I don't like Venom. In general, I liked Venom as a villain when he first showed up. That was really awesome. Um, I don't like what Venom has become. I don't like how Venom's getting into his own series again. I mm. like Secret Agent Venom, where Venom was actually a good guy teamed up with uh, Flash Thompson. Sure. That, that was a great concept. They were working together because they'd actually gone through this big storyline where the, they actually, like, the Venom symbiote is actually part of, like, a race of symbiotes. And the race is sure. actually generally good. But due to the traumatic nature of how the suit was given to Spider-Man during the whole Secret Wars thing, that's yeah, what traumatic nature was in a box he opened the box and it, it got it actually no it wasn't even well something like that he like touched a button and it appeared yeah uh but because and the suit actually was trying to bond with him because it does it, it loved him it wasn't trying to hurt him sure but when he freaked out when ooh, icky gross and like did anything could to get rid of it so it couldn't permanently bond with him that ended up like hurting its feelings so bad it swore vengeance like it, oh, it, lover. it got butt hurt yeah that's really what happened yeah and then, like in like Spider-Man 300, they pretty much explain it. 
Amazing Spider-Man 300 many, many moons ago. Gosh, like 30 years ago now. Um, when that happened, uh, he the suit was dying after being knocked off Spider-Man. Sure. It had been hit by church bells. The sonic vibrations nearly yeah, killed it. That, yeah. It was. It found Eddie Brock praying in a church. Eddie Brock hated Spider-Man for destroying yeah. his career. Well, I thought it was he hated Peter Parker. He hated Peter Parker for destroying his career, yes. He yes. didn't know it was Spider-Man, yes. but he hated yeah, Peter he hated Parker that. with a burning passion. Yes, burning was, passion because, you know, he, Peter Parker, shined a light on his uh, douchebaggery. Yes, on his lies, yes. Yes. Um, destroyed his career, made him a laughingstock, couldn't get a job, no one took him seriously. He lost everything. All of it rightfully so. Right. Um. Let's not get let's not get into that part. Just because it was yeah. right. Um, so the suit <laughs> found him, sensed his hatred for Peter Parker, bonded with him, and that turned that changed the symbiote's opinion from just jilted lover to full on okay yeah let's kill them. Full on hate monger. Yeah, full on hate. But there was actually a long storyline where they ended up taking the suit, taking the symbiote to the symbiote planet and like purging its negative emotions or something. And it became good, and that's why I was able, or at least neutral, and that's why I was able to work with Flash Thompson and become Agent Venom. Sure. And now it's back with Eddie Brock, and they're going to be a vigilante or something. Ugh. Yeah, it, it, yeah, Venom has had some really bad turns. Yeah, I liked, a lot of people didn't like the Agent Venom thing. I liked it. A lot of people just love Venom and they love Carnage. I think Carnage is dumb. Yeah, mm-hmm. nothing's better. What would be better than Venom? What if he was a southern psychotic murderer? Yeah, he should get his own series. Yay! I understand where you come from. Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, they had a uh, Spider-Man cartoon yes. where uh, where the whole Agent Venom mm-hmm. was uh, was uh, an Agent of Shield type yeah. thing. Yep, Web Warriors did that. Yep. Uh, anyway, so they might be going like an Agent Venom route with the symbiote. Who knows? Maybe. I don't know. I don't see how. I mean, you know, they, they, know. Made a, they, they made a huge backstory about its negative emotions being purged before before game. Now, you know, it hates hates the Parker family well, with vengeance. Maybe Mary Jane can teach it to love. Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe they're going to get rid of it. Uh, Mommy power. Who knows? But it does end with uh, like Liz Allen's assistant talking about how her son, Norman Osborn Jr., is still obsessed with uh, the young spider girl. Sure. And wants to meet her and be best buds and, like, have kittens or something. Sure. And she's like, you know, I can't stop him, but I'm sure no one hurts him. What about the spider family? They've already been dealt with, you know. Because she, you know, knows she gave him a symbiote, which is going to kill them all. Yeah. But well, it didn't right. quite work out. But that's where that ends. Uh, I liked the story. The ending was kind of obvious it was coming, but still was fun to read. Uh, I thought that like the instant the suit is covers over you and it's black and it starts changing to different clothes and forming to your thoughts you should okay that's a red flag for literally anyone in the marvel universe right i mary jane knows who venom is yes this is you know the storyline context with this you know the issue 299 300 where venom like terrorized her happened to mary jane unlike this this iteration of mary jane yes yeah so Ah, don't know about that. Yeah, bad writing but in that part. That was bad part, but overall really good. I'll give it three out of five stars. I enjoyed the issue. The art was solid, flowed really well. Um, everything was generally on model. I like the twists and turns the story takes. Um, it was a nice logical sequence. I like how Peter isn't like, oh, hey, that's fine. He's instantly, oh, that doesn't look right. 
oh, this is very wrong. And he's instantly on it. Mary Jane, not used to the whole superhero biz, doesn't realize, hey, your villains are going to come back. You know? So, uh, overall, very liked it. Three to five. Not super awesome, but I liked it. Okay. Next and last is Superman, number 27. Uh, written by Patrick Leeson and Peter J. Tomasi. Artist is Scott Godelewski. Godelewski? Godelewski. Anyway, he's good. Oh. Not great, but he's good. And the cover's by Ryan Sook. The reason I don't say that the art isn't great, because there are times where Superman looks a lot like... How should I put this? Recently, DC Comics has had a crossover with Hanna-Barbera. I know it sounds strange. It, it is strange. They're not making normal like Hanna-Barbera comics. They're making DC comics with Hanna-Barbera characters in them. That's so weird. like one of the things, the things was Scooby Apocalypse, which is kind of like a modern... Re- BT Mike says it does sound strange. It does, but it actually works weirdly enough. Like they've done Scooby Apocalypse, which is Scooby-Doo set in the modern era, um, where... Uh, Shaggy is like a hipster. He's got the beard and the hat. You know, it makes sense. He's a total hipster. He has it. Uh, Scooby is actually wearing a assistive um, technology rig, so it like lets him show emotions. Because he's just drawn like a normal dog, with his like a, like holographic like eyebrows and like emojis appear around him. Actually works pretty well. Um, Velma okay. is like Velma's a young teen super genius. Um, Daphne's of course. You know, well, Fred, of course, has, you know, like sleeve tattoos, you know. Does he still have the ascot? No, he does not. And I missed the ascot. Oh, lame, lame. But the characters are are recognizable as like kind of, you know, modern interpretations of those characters. Like if these characters weren't done in like the 60s, what would they be now? And I think it works really well. All right. Because in the 60s, Scooby-Doo, Shaggy is a hippie. You know, he's a. I'm not going to say he's doing anything, but yeah. um, and you get that he's a hipster now, you know. Uh, Fred is like your preppy cool boy. He's your preppy cool guy. He's got the sleeve tattoo with the obligatory tribal on it, you know. He obviously hits the gym a lot. He's not an idiot, you know. But so it basically, like takes those stereotypes and makes modern versions. And I liked it. Uh, it's actually a very well received series, written by art by Jim Lee on the covers and, and the first issue. So um, the big story out of this has been the Flintstones where they're well, not, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. We're, we're really getting off to Superman. Number well, 27. no, I'm getting, I'm getting to it. That's why I have to get here. Okay. Um, the big story has been the Flintstones, which are drawn, not like the Hanna-Barbera style, but in a more modern style. They look like big cavemen people, you know, like, not like all Cro-Magnony, but big old thick cavemen. And it does a lot of like modern issues, but drawn through that context. It's been a very weird run, but very popular, very highly praised. Oh, Captain Caveman. I remember that guy. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, no, Flintstones are not equal to Captain Caveman. But... No, they are not. Uh, anyway, I bring this up because there are a lot of panels. So Superman's face looks like Fred Flintstone from those comics. Okay. And that's not right. No, it's not. And it bothers me. Uh, sure. Most of the time, the art is really good, but there are a couple panels. It's like, uh, 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 why do these people look like cavemen? Um, I chose this one out of all the books I got this week 
as the final book because when if I when I was a kid, if I had gotten this book when I was like 10 years old, 8 years old, 12 years old, I would have loved every page of it. Maybe not the Flintstone looking pages, but um, it basically takes the Kents on a family vacation. Sure. Um, you know, Superman comes back after like a three day punch and bag in the face bender. Well, not bender, but you know, he's just, he's exhausted. He gets home, passes out. And when he comes, wakes up, his family's like, hey, look what we did. And they rented an RV so they could take a family vacation and tour America. They each get to choose two locations. Uh, Lois, John, and Clark each choose two locations. Sure. And they go start going around America. This is part one of three, I think. Okay. And it's really interesting in that it's just a nice family trip with a little like the first place they go is you know kind of show like there's are some Superman elements to it. The first place they go is Niagara Falls uh, at night, so ah. that. Um, Superman too. So that super well, sort of. But Superman and Superboy end up like getting bodyboards and like uh, going over the falls, because it's not gonna hurt them. Sure. It's like the best water slide ever. Sure. You know, this yeah. silly stuff like that. But then they start going and visiting uh, Pennsylvania Constitution Hall, and they go over. This is where the Declaration was written. And you know, John kind of makes a comment like, "Oh yeah, the politicians sat here and made a forum while the soldiers were out dying." And Superman's like, well, Clark is like, well, well, there's a little more to it than that. You know, these guys had their lives on the line. The instant they signed, they had to argue about how important this document was. And the instant they signed it, they were traitors yeah. to the crown. Yeah. And they yeah, hung they're, they're, they're traitors to the crown. Basically. I mean, yeah, they were signing their death warrant at that moment. And so they um, they go to a World War One memorial and they start talking about what that meant. And like John knows someone put graffiti on it. Like what? And. It's just a really nice thing. They start going through. They, you know, find this homeless veteran. They treat him to dinner and they help get him a job. It's a very low key issue. But, like I said, I liked it. Now I would have loved it as a kid because they went to all these historic places. They're talking about how important they are, and it's meaningful to have Superman talking about that, truth, mm-hmm. justice, and the American way. And this is a sure. great example of that. Um. So it's a fun issue. It's a little. A little slower, a little more somber. There's some fun moments in it. There's some good humor at times. And um, interesting how it wraps up. Um, nice little family vacation. It sounds like kind of dull, but it works really well. Uh, the writers, uh, Patrick Gleason, Pierre J. Tomasi, do a great job keeping it interesting enough for I want to keep reading. And it's a lot of little historical notes in there. And when you're a nerdy kid, that's really fun. So I really like this. I like how DC has been doing a lot of returning to what made their characters great. Uh, the New 52 is a horrible experiment in like super awesome failure. modern heroes. Awesome failure. Uh, a horrible failure. Everyone hated it. Rightly so. Um, Rebirth, Except for, I, I believe there was one exception for the for the New 52 that was Batman good. was good in New 52. Yes, Batman. They were, that was but the only exception. The only one. Everyone else was just a wreck. Train and that wreck. was based on the strength of Snyder and Capullo, who just knocked that book out of the park. If not for them, it probably would have sucked as well. Um, However, uh, Rebirth, everything got good except Superman, which got worse somehow. And then they had to kill off the New 52 Superman and bring back the old pre-New 52 Superman into Rebirth and say, hey, look, he is. And it's good again. 
you know, they brought back Lois and they're married and they're happy and he's not dating Wonder Woman, which sound the surface of it sounds kind of cool. Oh yeah, Superman should be dating Wonder Woman, but it was just awkward and horrible to read and it was just stupid. Um, but anyway, really like this book. Nice family trip, a lot of fun. DC's done a great job with Rebirth of bringing characters back to why people love them. You know, it's a great. Yeah, they're they're doing story. so well in the comics, but so badly in the movies. Yes, they are, and it's that's awesome. um, that's where that is. I'll talk about it's more like of the that opposite in RNG. with Marvel. Yeah. I'll we'll talk about that in RNG. Right. BT Mike says the more I think of Superman dating Wonder Woman, the more I laugh. Yeah, it did not go well. It did not go well at all. Uh, so I'll give this issue four to five. A uh, couple art issues here and there, but in general, he does a great job working with what could be a very boring issue um, and making it visually appealing. Um, great, good use of light and shadow, good use of angles, of ca- like camera angles. Uh, really liked that. Can't fault that. Uh, I liked the historic nature of it. Great Superman book. I like that. Four to five. Really liked it. Good. Um, you will notice... I'll go take it to RNG for now. Well, if you want more Garth on, uh, you can find... find well, I'll, I'll, I'll do this in comic book. Keep it in comic book. I, uh, Secret Empire issue 6 came out this week. You'll notice I'm not reviewing it. Why is that? Well, ask yourself, am I not reviewing it because it's so fantastic I couldn't believe it? Or so god-awful I don't even want to bother mentioning it? It has to be so god-awful, but it can't be worse than 2. 2 was the literal... Uh, bench that the, cannot the be art, gone under. The art is better. The writing is okay. worse. Really? The story is... I'm not even going to talk about it, other than to say, Secret Empire is horrible. What the hell, Marvel? The end. I can't believe it's getting worse. <laughs> Duncan I Lotus says, if it's worse than two, we need to hear about it. <laughs> oh my god. Make a slide. Duncan, did you actually watch the review of two? Uh... Or, or, or are, you, are you just are you just saying it because because we're talking about it because oh my god two sucks so bad. All right, the, Secret Empire six is bad because it starts out with the weird internal ghosts of Steve Rogers and all that weird situation with the ghost of Red Skull and the ghost of Red, and they're in like some sort of afterlife or something. Well, maybe some cosmic cube. Or maybe they're life. trapped in a cosmic cube. Yeah, cosmic and they're cube. They're not being clear about that. And yeah. Red Skull tells Steve Rogers that they're trapped in hell, and he can't believe he doesn't remember him. And it's stupid. And then it goes into what's happening in the real world, and <laughs> the night nurse keeps giving uh, Dagger from Cloak and Dagger drugs to keep her awake enough to create light to keep the demons of the Dark Force back in Manhattan. Um, Nadia, uh, the new Wasp, who actually is a escapee from the Russian Red Room program, like Black Widow. Oh, super! The young Avenger. Well, she's a good person actually. She's the one who like loves Doctor Doom and fangirls out about his technical genius. Sure. Um. Yeah. <laughs> by the time I bad series like that, all you could do is embrace the suck. Oh, but Secret Empire is so bad. Um. Nadia wants to bail. Basically, a group of young Avengers, uh, Awesome Hulk, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, Viv Vision, uh, Nadia, Wasp, a couple other, like, young heroes. 
have followed Black Widow abandoned all the rest of the superheroes saying, You're not going better. We need to assassinate Steve Rogers. And they're like, Whoa, 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 we're heroes who don't assassinate people. That's bad. That never turns yeah. out well. No, the we don't die. Assassination. Arr. Okay. Kill him dead. Yeah, that'll solve all the problems because that will. always works. Always. Uh, and so the Young Avengers basically went out to her to try and stop her. And they ended up joining her in her new red room. Oh, she cut her hand and made a red circle yeah, or whatever. Yeah, it was so yeah. stupid. And at this point, in this issue, Nadia's like, I'm done. I escaped the red room once. I'm not putting up with this crap. It destroys your soul. I'm not doing it. I'm gone. And then people are like, whoa, whoa, wait. We'll, and we'll have Miles talk to talk to Black Widow because she listens to him. And uh, we'll say that we're not in this. And so he ends up talking to her like, hey, no, we don't want to do this. You know, we came to stop you. Now we're helping you. That's wrong. And she's like, listen, you people are a bunch of punks. Killing him is the only way we're going to do it. I'm in charge. I didn't ask for your help. Suck it. Leave if you don't want it. Yay. What's the point of all that? You know, it... Ah. And then the, uh, they deal... Hulk is alive again after being dead. What? They... Uh, the last issue ended with Hydra assaulting the uh, the superhero's last vestige secret base up in the mountains, and so Thor, Black Widow, a few others start trying to. I don't know why Thor is working for the bad guys. Um, start pounding on the base trying to get in. They can't. And they're like, okay, we're safe. But the problem is, says says holographic Tony Stark. There's a traitor on the inside. Oh, how can they find us? Dun dun dun. They'll start accusing each other, of course, you know, because sure. you know that's because they're idiots. Uh, at the same time, uh, you see Steve Rogers on the helicarrier start talking to Bruce Banner, who is alive again, and they never explain how. I don't know what issue they explained it. It's not in here, but he's alive. And Steve Rogers starts telling, "Yeah, these people did you wrong. They're not your friends. I've, you know, they're terrified of you, you know, because ultimately all they want is power." They want strength, and you've always been the strongest one there is. And Banner's like, yeah, I don't know what, how long I've been dead, but I wake up, and you're evil, and that's wrong, and I refuse to help you. And Roger says, I wasn't talking to you, Banner. And then his eyes glow green. Because it's one of those, like, he wasn't talking to Banner, he's talking directly into his subconscious to Hulk. Kind of clever. Kind of. Still don't buy it. Yeah. Um... Doug Kyle 11 says, I'm still expecting everyone to die and Captain America going through a guilt trip and magic universe resetting. That is what's going to happen. They're going to assemble the cosmic cube. Resetting is the end of the line for this comic. That is the only way they're going to pull this thing out of it. It's obvious that's what's going to happen. Yes, obviously. Since issue one, it's been obvious. It is terrible. no reason to read this thing. Right. Except to catalog the fails. That's pretty much why I'm doing it now. It's pretty much just embracing the suck and torturing myself. Yes. But the... So, of course, Hulk goes in and is able to bash everything down. They start evacuating. And, you know, they collect all the pieces of the Cosmic Cube that the heroes had collected. And Rogers is right about to kill the holographic representation of Tony Stark. Well, kills a strong word. Well, he tries to make it sound, they try to make it sound like extra dark. He's, he's like, like, you're not just a hologram. I happen to know that you directly download Tony Stark directly downloaded his consciousness into you, which means you are Tony Stark, which makes which will make killing you so much more satisfying. It's like, oh God, really? Even really? 
Uh, and then, of course, Tony Stark has this big diatribe about how he was wrong, he was sorry about all the Secret War stuff, and blah, 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 blah. And really, he's just stalling for time as the whole base right. goes into meltdown and explodes. Um, as that's about to happen, the new Madam Hydra, who has, like, magic Hydra powers, sure. um, like, runs in there and says, no, no, go, no, no, and, like, teleports him away. And then the base explodes, so she dies. I guess it's you're supposed to like, oh, no, she died. I'm glad she's dead. Like, whatever. Whatever. Really All of this is whatever. whatever. Anything yeah. that happens to series, you just say whatever, whatever. because you know it's all gonna be it's all gonna be undone. Once Captain America reassembles the Cosmic Cube, his good consciousness, which is trapped in there, is gonna pop into his head and he's gonna go, "Oh, I was wrong," and he's gonna reset everything. And that's when you get the new stuff came from Marvel, which they're calling it Marvel Legends or Legacy, where the new and old versions like Wolverine and Captain America are teaming up. That's what's gonna happen. They're getting the big awful. reset button on the Marvel Universe. They're going back to original numbering, like Spider-Man's going to be at like 900 million or something. Something um, like that, yeah. So that's what's happening. They're hitting the big reset button. And this is leading up to it, but it's a painful slog to get there. I don't know how they pitched this to Marvel. I don't know how this got through editing. I don't know who ever said, we need to subvert expectations. What if uh, Captain America was in charge of Hydra and he was absolutely irredeemably evil? I like it. Make sure it's long and boring, though. I don't want this resolved yes. quickly or interestingly. Well, we could do that, <laughs> sir. I could do that. Brilliant. Brilliant. Print that immediately. But first, we need before you print that, make sure it's at least eight, eight or twelve issues long, and I make sure before that we have six months of previews. Yes. What yes, other characters draw it do? Out, draw it out. What other characters do people like? Uh, people are fond of Wolverine, sir. Make sure he's dead. Get him yeah. out of the equation. We don't want Get people it. reading those. Hmm, what else can? What else can we do? Well, people seem to like the X-Men and hate the Inhumans. Do you know what that means, don't you? Well, I'm guessing more Inhumans, sir. Absolutely. In fact, <laughs> Inhumans are poison to X-Men. Ah. Uh, who else do we have that people actually like? Oh, well, people are fond of Iron Man. Make him dead, too, and replaced by a hologram who's drunk. All the time. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Actually, no, 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 no. Not drunk all the time. Craving alcohol all the time, right. which is worse. And, and creating electronic booze. And, ah, it's so bad. It's... <laughs> oh. So... Okay, okay, stop, stop. This have, issue, have, issue, yes, the newest issue is worse, is the worst issue yet. You have, you have officially done four reviews now. I didn't want to. You didn't want to, but you did. I did. Uh, Secret Empire number six. Uh, Max, you're listening <laughs> to this in the future. You have to annotate this. Secret Empire number six Don't is number it. four. Uh, I give it zero stars. Zero stars. Thumbs Wait, high for the, zero no, stars. the art's actually pretty bad. So yeah, zero stars. It's irredeemable <laughs> anyway. Plot, art, pacing, importance to the comic industry. Uh, uh, good for your soul. Zero stars. <laughs> this series is going to be about as collectible as Super Pro. All right. Collect your alert. Hold on to your issues of Super Pro and Secret Empire. <laughs> No, no, no. Hold on to them for uh, kindling for the apocalypse. Oh, that's God. that's important. So uh, that, That'll actually heighten its value. If you want more Garthon, and why wouldn't you after that tirade, <laughs> uh, you can check out Garthon's comic poll, as always on here, uh, and Garthon doing Star Trek Online Foundry team-ups. 
Yes, yeah, and Duncan, Duncan, I, I want to talk to you uh, uh, in the next few days about a, a contest I want to run by you. Yes. So contest. keep that in mind. Um, also, you check out my streams. I stream here, of course, on doing this Saturdays at 10 Central, 9 Eastern. But also, I stream Final Fantasy XIV, the currently go through Stormblood content, the new expansion, every Sunday at 9 p.m. Central, 10 Eastern. Yes, good times. And that, that's part of my RNG. Ooh. Yes. Bears. All right. Bears. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> there were bears in the last stream. There were some. Yes, was there were. Bear. There were lots of All right. Bears. Let's go on to RNG. We're talking about the random right. things running across our brainstem. What do you got? Well, I, it's it's about Final Fantasy and their their trobs and tribulations since they uh, since they put their their new uh, what, the new Storm, Stormblood Storm expansion. Well, there's been yes, two the main Storm stories coming for that that I could think of. Yes, uh, the DDoS uh, attacks and yes. the price raise. Yes, both of those are what I was talking about. Oh. Th th thank you for for being, for being up on the last one. Well, go ahead. But uh, yeah, the the uh, DDoS attacks on the uh, on, on the service almost since the the day it launched. Yep, that has been a thing, and they don't know yeah. who's doing it. No, no one's playing responsibility. It's just, it's just. Are, are they doing it for the lulls, or That's is it a all anyone can guess? I know it's trying to I say still... like I'm trying to take you down because I'm still angry about Final Fantasy 13 sucking. You know. Okay, sure. Well, yeah, no but... one liked Lightning, but it kind of got good by Lightning Three. You know. Um... Kind of. Um. No one knows who's doing it or why. It's still ongoing. They're still working with ISPs to stop that. It's gotten better. But during yes. Crunch Week, that was bad. Yes, yes, you 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 told us all about that experience. Yes, I gave up on that. <laughs> um, that's really all I can say about that. I don't know who's doing it. It's lessened because they've actually been working on it, but it hasn't stopped. Right. But I haven't noticed any really nasty lag spikes myself. But then I'm not at the real end content. You know, when a new expansion comes out that's going to be popular, you get the big wave coming through. Yeah, I, I, I come here. Like, here's the wave, and I'm here. I, I wait. I'm happy to wait. I don't need to be in part of all the bugs, of all the people standing in line to talk to a quest giver. Yeah, yeah, queued, queued up 100 deep to talk to a quest giver. Crazy. Yeah, nope. I'm good. I'll wait. And that's what I did. Uh, everyone else in my free company is max level, and they're like, hey, we need a healer. Where the hell are you? I'm like, oh, I got things to do. I, I don't need to sit in line for 1,000 people. I'm good. Um, also, the other story, uh, haven't known, I've noticed a couple, mainly one guy, kicking a big stink about it. Yeah. Um, you want to explain it? Sure will. Uh, it, it seems that uh, Square Enix has uh, decided that uh, they're going to bring uh, the entire world in line with the U.S. pricing system. So uh, places, uh, specifically Russia and, and Brazil, uh, they're, they're, the subscription price for Final Fantasy is going up to equal in in their uh, their, their 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 money equal to fifteen dollars a month. The only problem is in these countries, the the median wealth is two thirds to one half of what it is in the U.S. So people in Brazil or or Russia uh, who who are who are mainly affected by this. Uh, are paying not equivalent to fifteen dollars anymore, which they were before. They were they were paying the equivalent of of of, of what they made to to what we made. 
eh, eh, plus or minus, whatever. You know, they, they, they have to go by the median. I understand. But uh, now they're, they're, they're uh, getting a price increase of 50 to 100%. Right. Yeah. So th- th- think of this. Well, I, that, I want not you, on want new you... boxes, but on subscription. Yes, on, on, so on subscriptions that they're already paying. So th- think of this. Uh, you're paying $15 a month. And suddenly, one month, the and the next week they ask for thirty bucks. Yeah, yeah, they ask for thirty, or you know, forty-five. And what are you going to do? Well, no, the 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 parity would be either asking for like twenty-two dollars or thirty dollars. That'd be the parity of the situation. Okay, yeah, twenty-two dollars or thirty dollars. Well, twenty-two dollars, some people would still stay, but thirty, a double. Well, here's. Here's a the lot thing, of though. People are gonna jump off I'm going to play devil's advocate for this. Okay. If I find out that I can buy a subscription at half the rate, what's to stop me from just getting a Brazilian account? Well, I, I believe that there is a block unless you do a yeah, just spoof yeah, the, just spoof it. Yeah, yeah, and you know that 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 causes uh, internet lag on its own. It does, but yeah, you know, that's just one argument. Also, how much? All right. PlayStation 4 in America costs about 300 bucks, 350. Yeah. How much does that cost in Brazil? I know. 700 US dollars. Wow. Right. So, and uh, the reason for that is mainly because Brazil has just insane tariffs on foreign hardware and stuff. The Brazilian gamers get boned. They really do. Um, so th- that's just harsh. I don't think that's right. But uh, Beach Mike says he has a friend's Brazil that plays Second Life. She knows the other night that purchasing Second Life money worth $5 in the U.S. cost her close to 25 worth in Brazilian money. Well, that's messed up. Mm. But a lot of times those things happen because Brazilian laws about it. Um, also, this is one of those instances where I don't think it's quite right to raise the price, but you know what? They know they're going to lose subscriptions. They well, know true. it. True. And they might not know how bad it's going to be. And I would think that if enough people, you know, flip them the bird and say, I'm not paying that, they're going to bring the price back down. True. But there, there, is, a, there is another layer to this beautiful onion. It's that uh, they, they broke their own terms That's of service. That's not true. Okay, okay. Now, hang on, hang on. They're they're spinning it, saying that it it was not a price change; it was a correction. True, but also, you will notice the EU the end user license agreement. Every end user license agreement has the verbiage in it that says that the company is allowed to change the EULA at any time they want. Yes, but uh, apparently, from from what from what people have 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 posted online on Reddit and stuff, screenshots and 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 timestamps. I can't I can't say this for certain, but they actually changed the pricing and then afterward changed the EULA. They're allowed to do that. It's not great, but they're allowed that's, to. That's the wrong order. It, no, it's not. Because like I said, they didn't say they changed their price. They said it's an adjustment, which they could do under the EULA. It was it was a it was a price adjustment, but you know what? If if you have to if you have to if you have to lean on the letter of the law instead of the spirit of law, you're doing something wrong. Well, it's not even law; it's an end-user license agreement. I'm just saying. Um, you know what? I'm just thinking. I just my opinion is the guy who 
created I created the the main videos and stories about it. He seems really biased against Square Enix, like really just hates them. Well, I have some problems with Square Enix too. I mean, uh, uh, City of Heroes. I have problems with Square Enix. Okay, City of Heroes wasn't Square Enix. Not even close. What? That was Cryptic. Cryptic. Crap. No, no. But what uh, was wasn't the Korean company? No, that was Cryptic. Square Enix is Japanese. Oh really? Okay, yeah. crap. I mean, I got NCSoft was the Korean company. Oh, NCSoft. Oh crap, that's right. I have problems with them. But uh, um, yeah, I have problems with NCSoft. Square Enix. This whole thing. Uh, it seems like they could have given the thirty day notice. Yeah, it seems they could have given notice. They could have handled yeah. it a lot better. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do mean, do I uh, think it's the right PR thing to wise. do? Yeah, no, yeah, I don't PR think it's the right wise. thing to do. Um, is there? All I can think is there must be some reason. Like, do they think they're losing money? Is it too expensive to maintain those servers without a higher sub rate? I, I, I don't know. Probably not. I don't know. I don't know what all this stuff costs. Like I said, I'm willing to give benefit of the doubt because Square Enix has done a lot for the community. Like, when 1.0 came out, the original version of Fantasy XIV, and it was a freaking sure. disaster, they didn't say, all right, keep paying us while we fix it. They actually said, we're going to fix this, all your subs are free while we do. They didn't have to do that. They could have said, we'll fix it. If you want to keep subbing, go ahead. If not, whatever. No, they wanted to keep people there. They made their game free. Um, which they didn't have to do. Uh, they work very closely with their community managers. They listen to their fan base very well. So that's why this is a really weird misstep to me of them doing it. Uh, B2Mike says, is the price hike worth the loss of paid members? That's my question. I don't know if they just someone had a brain fart or if this was communicated some other way that I don't know of because we're not getting the full story we're getting half of the story mm. you know that's true yeah. uh, we're getting the half from someone who to me seems to have an axe to grind with Square Enix is it legitimate I'm not saying it's not it kind of sounds like it is but I don't know the other side I don't know if there were other messages you know people like to be enraged about stuff on the internet Believe that's it or true. not, that's true. Yeah. That's kind of, kind oh, of believe the, it or not, that's true. Yeah, that's one but, third uh, of what the internet yeah. is for. Yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, you 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 raise you raise your price with no notice, and you're gonna get flack. I mean, yeah, you're gonna. It doesn't a, matter who you are. I mean, that, you're, you're, you're gonna, gonna get, get flack, flack, and you're gonna lose yeah. subscribers. Yes, and they deserve to lose subscribers, and they deserve because to of flack. that. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you, there comes the point of like, what are they gonna do? Because this seems to me, it seems really weird for Square Enix to do this with other things I've seen them do in the past being so responsive to their community. I'm not saying like, oh, we'll do this immediately for you, whatever you want. Usually if people have complaints, Square Enix says, okay, here's why we're doing this. Um, like during the betas for Stormblood, everyone started complaining about how a couple of classes were getting gutted. And people were just throwing fits all over. Even though they hadn't actually played it, just for all the stuff they'd seen were getting gutted or cut, people were throwing fits. And the producers came out with this long letter saying, just wait till you actually see it in action. We've made some changes based on the beta, and you'll see them when it comes out. And when they came out, it turned out like the panic was pretty much unfounded. They listened yeah. to the, what the issues were, and they made corrections. I'm not saying everything's perfect, like I would like them, but uh, it works. Um, b 2 says, which now that I think of it, that might be the reason we're seeing so many free-to-play games with micro-purchasing. Keep the player base drawing money out of drabs. That's true. Duncan Idaho 11 says, it's always tough a business call. They tried to optimize it, but it sounds like a major change. They didn't communicate well enough. At least explain it up front, generally the thing to do. I agree. And it doesn't sound like any of that happened. 
also, no. from what I've heard about the pricing, anyone who had a subscription, like a monthly subscription, automatically deducted, as of the last I heard or I read about, they hadn't gotten a different price yet. It's just the people buying month to month. Yes. They got yes. it. Yes. So, you, the, yeah, as, as, of, as of what I understand right now, uh, and anyone who has a, a, a running subscription has not felt that yet, right. but anyone who's paying the whole month-to-month thing, yeah, they've and, already hit it just right now. But it has been mentioned by people that that also might just be a legal issue in that they've agreed to pay X amount. You can't all of a sudden make them pay more without their agreement. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. That's that, that's beyond the EULA. That's actually right. now contract type stuff. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that is part of it. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Um, I do know that... For my Final Fantasy XIV account, I pay less for my sub than someone getting the game now. Because I was part of the original 1.0 players, bought the game on launch day. And I was able to get a lower subscription price, but I only get like one character per server. You know? Hmm. Uh, I could race it to 15 to get more characters per server, but I actually pay a lesser amount for that lesser service. And that's not something they offer anymore. But I only got that because I was jumped on board early. Sure. So, there are different ways to handle this. Uh, how about people pay long? BT Mike says, "What about people who pay long-term subscriptions, such as six-month or annual?" I would assume they already paid. You can't jump them up after the gun, you know. If you bought yeah, yeah. a year, you got a year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, the, the, that that would be crazy. That's ex post facto. You point. can't say no, no, yes. no. Now it's now it's this. You can't do that. Yes. They paid. Been, they that bought. That would be they, crazy law breaking at that point. Right. They already bought a service. You have to provide it. Yes. So, then again, I am going to play the defensive fanboy. Because, like I said, I've had an active subscription on this game since it launched. You know, my days subscribed are over 1,000. So, I'm, anytime you see someone who's invested that much in a product, they're going to defend it. You sure. know, there's just, that's just bias. I can't help it. Um, but, like I said, I've seen Square Enix be very responsive to complaints like this. It very much surprises me hearing what's happened over there. And then again, all I've heard is some, I've read a few stories about it, but I haven't seen any actual proof of it being implemented. But then there might've been, I don't know. This might just be talk. It might've actually, it would seem very surprising. Like I go to buy my next month subscription and it's twice as much. It would, you would see like, it sounds like they announced it. Oh, this is happening next month. It's like, well, next month is 10 days from now, bud. you know, Mm. So that's not really good news. Or this might be happening in the future, or be aware of, or you know, hey, we just we spent a month since this expansion. Um, your expansion gets a free month. Now it costs double. You know. Uh, Beach Mike says it says Square Enix has done flaky stuff in the past, such as. Nope. Yeah, Garthon is a is a Square Enix fan, so you're gonna have to give him some. Yeah, give me something. You can't say, well, yeah. Final Fantasy Thirteen sucked and it was divided into three games. Yeah, I agree with that. Final Fantasy Thirteen did kind of suck, and it had three games. And it, it didn't get good to the third one. Ah, uh, yeah, which is not excusable, honestly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd have to ask my daughter since I'm parroting her. He says. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, carry on. Carry on. Um, well, that's enough complaining about that, I think. Until yes, BT Mike and that, has, daughter tells that, us what's wrong with Square Enix. And I think we burned through all of our energy. <laughs> it's up to you. Oh, there's always more to talk about. Um, recently, uh, San Diego Comic Con is happening right now. 
Yes. Um, huge mega convention. They really need to change the name of it. It's not a comic book convention anymore. It, it's now a, I don't know, multimedia convention. Sure. I guess. And it makes me sad as a comic book guy. Um, but DC Comics had a panel, and in it they announced that the that an implosion of the comic industry is imminent. That the oh, comic so? book industry is in big trouble, and they're and Marvel and DC are part of the problem, and they're working to fix it. But right now they are. They said they're in a weird place in that the biggest movies at the box office are all superhero movies. Sure. But the comics that they're based off of are dying. Uh, DC comics have actually been doing a lot better than Marvel ever since Rebirth, where they've brought the characters back to their origins. Why did people love this character? Let's build off of that. Right. Marvel did not do that. No. Um, but Marvel's getting to that, supposedly, after this current horrible event, which I shall not name. After things get, are supposed to put the reset button, bring back the characters everyone loves as they love them with the new people there as well. And that's fine. But they're worried that there's a lot of uh, collector issues right now. Lots of, I've complained about it before, like you bring out a comic book and you have millions of collector's covers, unique covers, alternate covers. And it's terrible stuff. And no one likes it. Yep. Collectors, the only people who buy it are collectors, and not even normal collectors buy all these alternate covers. It's like your obsessive compulsive ones who feel they must own them all. And a cover that, within the first week, is like a 1 in 1,000 variant and drops for $500, wait a month and it'll be down to 20 That's how bad it is. But people that first week are going to pay that because they are obsessed with having to have it. You know? Um... Stan Lee's signature costs a couple hundred bucks to get. It ain't worth that on your book. Because Stan Lee will sign anything you put in front of him. Now, I, say, I like Stan Lee. You know, everyone loves Stan Lee. He's the great-grandfather comics. Um, he has burned some people in the past. Just ask Jack Kirby's family. But he is like the modern-day avuncular uncle everyone loves. He's the face, the happy face of the comic industry. Um, but, like I said, his signature... Ain't worth that much, kids. People get it just for the nostalgia of saying, you know, I met Stanley, which is cool. But right now, there's actually a lot of push in the industry. You're on a bubble like there was in the 90s. People are collecting something that isn't as collectible as they think it's going to be. Uh, there's a lot of really bad books out there. And the whole industry could collapse, DC says. And so that's actually kind of worrisome because that is a lot of stuff going on there. That's a lot of innovation that's hundreds of years of history. Well, about hundred years of history. And so you got to wonder how it can be saved. And most of that revolves around taking the uh, beach mines. What happens if it does? If if it does collapse, uh, DC could take out Warner Brothers, not completely, but pretty hard. Uh, Disney has deep enough pockets that if Marvel completely implodes, they could just cut them free, and then Marvel yeah. will die. Yes, but Disney will survive. Disney will be fine. Disney will eject them, you know, like a overloading warp core, and <laughs> and they'll have three more cores that are fine. They're they'll keep yeah, trucking down the road. Yep. Um. 
So, Steamboat Willieing all down the line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what will happen with that. And that'll yeah. be a shame, because like I said, Marvel's in a movie-wise are fine, but that's all Disney. Comic-wise, they're not doing well, and they keep making no. bad decisions. And yeah. they have guys coming out saying stupid things like, people aren't buying our comics because there's too much diversity. No, they aren't buying your comic because it's poorly written. Yes. And it's not you're not making new characters who happen to be diverse. You're saying, remember this character you love? Well, he's old and white. We don't like him anymore. Hey, you like this one better. She's young and not white. And yeah, that's not what people want from diversity. No, no. Just like people no. love Miles Morales because he wasn't introduced. Get rid of that Peter Parker. No, look, here's the better. You know, he was introduced as his own character, a unique individual, worked alongside Peter Parker. And then in Ultimate Universe, when Peter died, he took the mantle almost unwillingly. And he's an interesting character. Uh, Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan, is an interesting character who's well-written as a human being. And people love that book. Um, So there are, you could point to diversity and say, these books work. And this is pushing, why pushing diversity for di- for diversity's sake is a mistake uh, d- that's beyond stupid. Right. And that's kind yes. of why uh, Sam Wilson Falcon as Captain America got mainly rejected. It wasn't because people don't like Sam Wilson. They do. No. Yeah. They like him fine. It's just that when when he was written as as Captain America, it was all about race crap. Right. And when Brian Michael Bendis was writing it. At first, it was oh man, people aren't accepting me because I'm the new Cap and I'm not the same guy. Yeah, and yeah it, was, it was yeah no, it was, it was all about him not being Steve Rogers, not him, not him being black. Right. He eventually like yeah, he got the naysayers a... come over and he was he had just been Captain America. He was coming to his own, being great, and then somehow like a reset button got hit, and it became all they don't like me because I'm not white. And it his he started fighting off against. Uh, neo-nazis in the desert and what the hell why is captain america worried about that you were just busy punching hydra goons in the face and saving the world now you're worrying about some eight scrubs in the desert because someone called you on your cell phone all of a sudden shield doesn't like you because you're not that doesn't make any sense uh Uh, bt michael says the movies the series are doing well perhaps enough to survive the written branch yeah i agree the movies itself will keep going maybe not dc's their movies aren't that great um But DC's comics are doing okay. Not great. They're still on, you know, doing dangerous. Because also, I talk with guys who own comic book stores and like the old grognards who are there. And a lot of, like a kid will come in to buy a book and he'll see there's four different, you know, Wolverine titles or Captain America titles or Avengers titles or Batman titles. Like, what do you buy? Which is the bright Batman title to buy when there's four of them? When there's six or eight different Spider-Man titles, which is the right one to buy? And then you're not dealing with, you know, you saw Spider-Man in the movies. Well, this guy's totally different in the comic book. Um, also, there's uh, a lot of the art styles in the comics. The comics, the styles that are aimed at younger readers, to me, look like crap. Uh, they're kind of expressionistic a lot of times. Uh, anatomy is fast and loose. Character models are barely on point. I hate that. Yeah, I hate that a lot. And guys my age and older, hey, generally, basically for 30 and up, you get mad. But the younger guy's like, oh, wow, look at that. That's awesome. Mm. Um, and that's why I like some people, you know, 
like the Spider Gwen book, the art just annoyed me to all ends. I couldn't get into it. The story was okay, but the art was just so god awful I couldn't read it. But talking to the younger readers, they love that style. And it's like, why? You can't make out what that is. Oh no, that's action. Like that's not action. That's poor drawing. You know, that's that's a lack of skill. Yeah. Uh, kind of like Liefeld in the '90s when I was young. Liefeld was awesome. Um, because Liefeld brought a lot of action, a lot of elements to the books that, you know, it was like an action movie on the every page, you know. His anatomy was god-awful, still is. It's better, but still bad. You know, he couldn't draw a, a straight metal object without it bending. You know, just terrible. But it had energy. It had art. It grabbed the zeitgeist of the era. Uh, that's why Liefeld became so big and famous, and he created, like, he co-created Deadpool and a bunch of other guys. Cable. Um, so eh, I could kind of understand that but the art that holds true that still gets readers that is popular is good art and good artists that keeps going like Liefeld made tons of books and tons of money but now he's kind of a laugh you know, feel like oh god Liefeld you're letting Liefeld write, write Deadpool again okay whatever you know uh, B2Mike says you've got to be careful at DCU after Wonder Woman people start expecting good movies from them yeah, and yeah. that's judging by ever. Has anyone heard what's happening with the Batman movie? Yes, the all kinds of crap. Yeah, it went down. from Ben Affleck oh. is is Batman, he's writing it and he's directing it, to Ben Affleck's not directing it, to Ben Affleck's not even writing it, to Ben Affleck's to not going to be Batman. Affleck not even Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Uh, and Ben Affleck's Batman was actually the best thing about Batman versus Superman. Yes, it was really well. Other than Superman, Wonder Woman, ugh. no, 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 no. Wonder Woman in in uh, in Superman versus Batman was mm, not okay. Well, not I, as good I, as in her own movie. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she she had to be properly explained, you know, properly introduced. So her movie should have come before that, timeline wise. To, really, yeah. to really, well, to really well, appreciate well, her character. Honestly, Batman's movie, Wonder Woman's movie, Aquaman's movie, um, and Flash's movie all should have come before that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Superman versus Batman changed Batman significantly. Yes, it did. But Martha. that movie was so bad. That movie was so bad that the best thing in it was Ben Affleck as Batman. That yes. tells you something about that movie. Yes. I mean, just look at the plot. Lex Luthor tricks Batman to fight Superman. No, because... no, no. There, there was no Lex Luthor in this movie. <laughs> this, this movie, Lex Luthor, is played by the Riddler. I know. Oh, it's just, oh, it's so bad on so many levels. And he pees in a jar or something. I don't I don't why. care. It just, I don't care. Doesn't... No, no. I watched it one time. I scrubbed my brain of it. I only have snippets of it left in my head, and I don't care to talk about it. Horrible, fractured, fevered imaginations. Yes, yes, fever dreams that I'm really, really happy to forget. Right, so DC has made one good movie, other than yes. the Christopher Nolan Batman. Well, what, yeah, yeah, one good movie in, what, 10 years? Yeah, it's been a while. But yeah. they have one good movie that's part of their DC Universe movies. Yes. Sad. Very sad. Uh, and of course, Marvel can't, for some reason, for years, they still aren't making a Black Widow movie. 
I don't understand that. That's like, everyone's like, why don't you have a like, well, people don't know. Everyone's asking for this movie. It's not no one wants to see it. Everyone wants to see it. We're making a Miss Marvel movie. No one asked for a Captain Marvel movie. I don't think anyone nope. asked for that. Nope. Everyone asked for Never. a Black Widow movie. Nobody. I'm fine with Captain Marvel. Yes, I, w- I want a Black Widow movie. That's what I want. Yeah, everyone wants that. It's not happening. Everyone wants it. No, no, one, no one's going to give it. Scarlett Johansson wants it. Why? 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 Because uh, who was starting with the Dark Universe? Was that Marvel? Uh, the Dark Universe is actually DC's new project with Ugh. Batman Metal because it's metal. Whatever. Shut up. Um, it's like a dark world where there are dark heroes and darker I villains. That, I thought that was Tom Cruise and the Mummy with the Dark Universe crap. Is that what he's talking about? Movie-wise? Yeah. Because yeah. like, DC started starting their own Dark Universe with Batman Metal. Okay, well, but I don't... But if the Dark Movie Universe, yeah, that that uh, the Universal Monsters, that's Universal. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's Universal. They're gonna do vampires and mummies and yeah, werewolves. that's Universal. Oh, Sorry, yeah, no, no, the horror vampire. I'm still stuck in comic books. Yeah, that's uh Tom Cruise's mummy film was the first. Then there's gonna be Russell Crowe's Doctor Jekyll and Mr Hyde. Jekyll and Hyde, yeah, Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. There's gonna be an Invisible Man flick. Yeah, and then vamp, and then Dracula and mummies and whatever, whatever. It's stupid. That actually, no, I actually thought that could be awesome, except it could be, except not. Tom Cruise's mummy film was. I haven't seen it, but I heard it's just terrible. No, no, I have seen it. I have seen it, and it's not horrible. It's it's not as horrible as people said it was going to be. It's not good. I'm not going to say it's good. It it spent a lot more time trying to uh, kickstart other franchises uh, rather than try and save its own. That's terrible. Yeah. Do you, so, know, what a, do you know what a good Tom Cruise film was? What was it End of Days? Mission Impossible Edge 1? Edge of Tomorrow? Edge of Tomorrow? No. The one where he can't have to go back in time? That's Edge of... Yeah, that's... Edge. That was a good film. Really? Yeah. Did you see it? Yes, of course I did. It was yes. neat. What do you know? Of course you did. Do you watch all Tom Cruise films? Well, yeah. Well, who does? Ever since Top Gun. <laughs> I have to. Ever since Frisky Business. I mean, Risky Business. Or risky Business, yes. <laughs> frisky Business was the Mad Magazine version. <laughs> that's true. Yes. Um... Ever since I saw that uh, shirtless volleyball scene, I've followed his career very intently. Very <laughs> intently. <laughs> Outstanding. They're making a new Top Gun. Nope, stop it. Tom Cruise stop is going to be a trainer. Mav is going to be training. Talking. Stop talking. It's happening. I am You know, you know what stream. that means. I am leaving the stream if you keep talking about this. Shirtless volleyball. Nope. <laughs> That's happening. Uh, but you know, do you know what else is happening? The end of our stream. Oh, outstanding. <laughs> As always, you can like, subscribe, or comment. <laughs> uh, after talking about Secret Empire, I don't know if he's going to like this one. Uh, no. Check us out on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Legion Myth. Twitter us at Legion Myth. It won't be a talk movie if it doesn't have the exact same soundtrack. That, is, that, is, that is absolute truth. You absolute know what? Truth. From what I've heard, Danger Zone. Still there. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. <laughs> you gotta have highways in the Danger Zone. Hopefully, the, from what I've heard, they're getting like the the same the, that a lot of the original pieces are back. Excellent. Um, check us out on YouTube. Just look up Legion of Myth on Discord. You can chat with us there on Reddit. Reddit slash r slash Legion of Myth on Messenger. 
and Facebook. Just look up Legion of Myth and get the audio version of SoundCloud, iTunes, or Google Play. As always, if you want to support us, that'd be cool. We'd support you. Uh, you could do it through Twitch subscriptions, Patreon, Streamlabs, PayPal. You could buy our gear at shop.spreadshirt.com slash Legion of Myth. Right there. That's a good shirt. Check it. Check it. Ah. <sighs> Yes. Get Garth on shirt, man. Yellow is the is is the new black. Do it. I've heard that many times, actually. I don't know how true that is. It's absolutely true. Hundred percent true. 100%. I forgot to play my my theme music. I'm really sad about that. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't do anything about that now. That's just what happened. Oh. Do you have That's any final words of wisdom? Oh, geez. Uh, Tom Cruise, when he was younger, less insane, made better movies. He was less look, insane. Look to them. Well, yeah, he was he was less insane because he, you know, had less influence. Money and power make people crazy. That that is my gift to the end of the stream. Well, that was actually the more the... money and the more power. No, stop it. The more money, the more power you have, the more crazy you are. That's true. Well, that was one of the best lines from the uh, original Batman Tim Burton film. Why are the rich so eccentric? Because they can afford to be. All right, everyone. We'd like to thank our top subscribers on Twitch, Hicks206 with Daisy. Our Patreon subscribers, Hicks206 Daisy, Elgarian with Soda. Well, he loves Soda. Try the Avatar. Great game. Check it out. Ah, uh, Streamlabs. Top donors are Baldahar, Miss McCool's Harem, Magical Catgirl Fanboy, Spectrofire, Level 99 Catgirl Armor Lover, and <laughs> PayPal is Alan51. Thank you very much, everyone. We appreciate having you. Thank you, all viewers and fans. Remember, we have one life. Live it well. Live it nerdy. Have great journal and novels.